0: I hope you're enjoying this series through Matthew. Uh, We're now about midway through the ninth chapter of of Matthew, a little less than midway through. We're on verse 16, chapter 9. Jesus has been going about performing various miracles and different things like that. Um, And so he's just uh, finished up talking to... um, the people about you know Jesus being with them, but the, when he says he's you know so children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them, but the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then they shall fast. Um, so you know we're actually moving into verse 16, but that was we're kind of finishing up that section where he's talking to them about you know what uh, that you know he needs to minister to the people there and, and so on. Soon he is going to be gone and all that sort of thing. But anyway, we kind of finished up that section and he's, you know, just pointing out the fact that, you know, the, the, he needs to minister to the people there now while he can. But anyway, verse 16, um, and can, kind of continuing with that thought, he's talking about basically his ministry and his ministry, of course, being so different from the ministry of the Old Testament. We're in a, you know, transitional period here. Um, Jesus is fulfilling the law as he said he would. And uh, he's coming with the New Testament or the new covenant or the new law, you know, or or new presentation, the new statements that Jesus is making. And he's trying to differentiate, uh, you know, from the Old Testament days. And so here's a couple of Verses here that, um, you know, kind of address that as he's talking to the people. He says, "No man." verse 16, No man putteth a piece of new cloth unto an old garment. For that which is put in to fill, up, fill it up, taketh from the garment, garment, and the rent is made worse. Um, now, you know, literally what he's talking about here is he's trying to make this analogy is that if you take... Uh, a a garment that's worn um, and you know what you know the 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 fabric becomes weak over the years or for whatever period of time that you've worn it and uh, you know from just wearing it and from um, you know washing it and just the wear and tear just makes it a a weaker weaker material so if if you take brand new material and you try to sew it on to that garment to repair a, a, a former tear. Um, it's going to be difficult because, you know, the, the newer piece of, of material is stronger than the older piece of material and it's going to be very easy for your repair to just tear because that, that old uh, material is so worn and thin it's, it's, it's hard to, uh, to hold the, the stitch. So you know, bringing this, this new in and trying to attach it to the old creates an issue. And that's the picture of the New Testament and the Old Testament. Jesus is trying to say, look, you know, I'm fulfilling the law. I'm not adding to the law. He says, we're not living under that law anymore. He says, I'm not that, you know, the, the Ten Commandments are wrong. Obviously, it's still, you know, thou shalt not kill is still valid. Thou shalt not steal is still valid. But, but uh, Jesus is giving them uh, the fulfillment of that because the Old Testament law, all it was designed to do was point out what your sins were. And that there's a better way and there's a better way coming it's always pointed to christ it never had anything to do with a works-based salvation it was it's always been faith old testament new Testament, that part has been the same it's always been a faith in the messiah so he's, he's saying look i'm the messiah you know you need to put your faith in me and and this whole idea of of drawing the pictures of my coming is over with because all the old law you know the sacrifices and the temple and, and the tabernacle, it all pointed to Christ. And he's saying, that's over and done with, I'm here. Uh, you know, now we're in a new age. A- and he goes on, of course, then in the next verse and kind of strengthens that whole thought. He says, neither do men put new wine in old bottles, else the bottles break and the wine runneth out and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles and both are preserved. What he's saying here is, uh, you probably have seen on movies and different things like that and of course read in history and that kind of thing that uh, fluids, liquids, were generally stored in not so much in glass bottles. Glass making wasn't uh, a prevalent uh, practice during those days. It was more common to put them into uh, skins. Um, you know, made from animals and and that sort of thing. So it it would be very similar even to clothing, although they were skins because they're less porous and more well-preserved. But they still (coughs) would, uh, they would still, you know, create some wear and tear over over the amount of time that you have them. And, And so what they're saying is when he's referring to wine here and then, it you know, it would maybe ferment or whatever if you, you, if you fill it up uh, uh, again with the newer wine, you know, the expansion and contraction and that sort of thing, it, it can cause these things to, to, to burst, and, and the same way if they were made out of some other material. Um, they weren't equipped to handle that, and so then what you have is a case where now you've lost everything. You know, the wine is gone because it spilled out on the ground, your container is shot, It's no good anymore. So, um, he, he, you know, the, the message that he's trying to give them is that, look, you, you can't, you can't take uh, the new salvation that I'm bringing you, the new covenant, the new Testament that I'm sharing with you, faith in Jesus Christ and him alone. Um, you can't add works to that because very often that's what the Jews did and you know in other passages you know writings of Paul and that sort of thing you see some of the conflict from some of the judaizers and that sort of thing where they try to insist that you know the gentiles be circumcised and you know stuff like that they they try to add the law to the message of salvation and that's exactly what Jesus is saying is wrong you can't it you know you can't do that those 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 were just pictures of my coming, They were never uh, requirements for salvation. Um, the requirement was that you do them so that people could see that the Messiah was coming. Well, now I'm here, so you can't you can't take the law and the uh, new covenant that I have brought to you, and put the two together because uh, they're not they don't work. You know, they're they they do not uh, they're not copacetic you know as, as you might say in, in a slang term so um, as he's going along as we're moving into uh, verse 18 um, he's going along of course this crowd is gathering and following him around because he's doing these miracles and so he gives some instances here through the rest of the chapter of people that have come to him for you know healing or whatever it is that uh, they're desiring and he handles those situations. And while he spoke these things, in verse 18, now while he spoke these things unto to them, behold, there came a certain ruler uh, and worshipped him, and saying, "My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live." And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. So it doesn't say what he, what, who this ruler, or what this ruler was a ruler of. He was a prominent individual. Um, it doesn't even say whether he was a uh, Jew or Gentile. Um, what it says is he came and worshiped him. Now, I don't know what he did, you know, what, what form of worship, uh, this took. He just came to him and whatever it was he did, um, it was acceptable, uh, by Jesus Christ. And, uh, this, this man was, you know, probably an upstanding citizen, maybe a great father. And, uh, He's, he's heard about Jesus, knows about Jesus. Um, I, it, it doesn't give anything about his background, but he certainly has heard about who Jesus is. He has a need. And so he goes to this Jesus, but he doesn't go there hoping something will happen. He doesn't go there just, you know, hoping he's going to get lucky. He goes there convinced that if he's able to get to Jesus, Jesus is going to respond and, you know, he's going to take care of the situation. And, and so as soon as he did, Jesus turned and followed him. Just, in, you know, in true fashion, Jesus is going to respond to uh, our request. If, you know, if we show that we are sincere in our life and, and, and this is where the, the works situation comes in, if our deeds back up what we believe in our hearts, um, Jesus is going to respond to our requests and to our needs. So he began to follow him and him and his disciples, both to his house. So then there's kind of an interlude here and he picks up on it a few verses later. So we'll come back to it, but it says then in verse 20, of course, while he's on his way to this guy's house, um, and behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched him of his garment. For she said within herself, if I may touch, but touch his garment, I shall behold. Now it doesn't say again what the issue of blood was, there's been a lot of conjectures what that was, you know, leukemia or, or, or just a uh, bleeding disease, uh, blood, you know, where your, uh, your blood is thin and you bleed easily, I, who knows? It was it was apparently a, obviously a si- serious situation that was uh, that she had struggled with for 12 years, and um, so Jesus did the same thing. He turned about, and when he saw her, he said, "Daughter, be, uh, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole," and the woman was made whole from that hour. Now, it, you know the interesting thing here is, it doesn't he really even talk about a conversation or anything. Jesus knew. What happened? It's, and it's interesting in the midst of this crowd, however big it was, that this woman just touched him of his garment. Well, I'm sure a lot of people touched his garment. You know, just the press from the crowd, I'm sure, would have been enough to create physical contact. And yet, he was able to determine that this woman had simply touched the hem of his garment, and her belief was that if you know, I can just get a little bit. You know, all all I need is to just get to Jesus. I don't have to hug Him, or I don't have to make a big issue out of Him. You know, I, I'm not looking for any attention. All I want to do, all I want to do, is just just touch Him, just a little bit, that, and, and that's enough. And, and you know, what a wonderful thought that is. That, that really is all we need. We just need a little bit of Jesus. Now, He's going to give us all, but if we just are of the opinion, you of know, the belief that, look, all I need is just just to touch the hem of his garment. Um, that's life-changing. That that makes that makes everything good. That that changes everything we do and everything we think about. Um, just a touch the him of his garment, and don't you wish we could be that way about uh, uh, so many things? Uh, you know what a what a, a, a glory. It would be so anyway that's what happened so now he, we come back to the ruler as he comes to his house uh, um, verse where are we at 23 and when jesus came into the ruler's house saw the menstruals and the people making a noise he said to them give place for the maid is not dead but sleepeth and they laughed him to scorn it's a shame that the world does that and we're not talking about just the healing and boy i could really go on a, a long tirade about uh, faith healers and that sort of thing, because I think they're the ones that generate this mockery. Because people see through it; people know when it's not genuine. Um, but again, I'm, I'm not going to get a whole lot into that—at least not at this point. Maybe somewhere else. Um, but they're mocking; they're mocking Jesus. They're mocking, and and they do just you know even they just mock Christians just for believing in Jesus. Um, so. You know that's what we're up against in this world. So anyway, then in, in uh, verse uh, 25, but when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose, and the fame uh, hereof abroad, uh, and the fame hereof went abroad into all the land. Um, and when Jesus departed, well, I'm probably not going to have time to get into this thing about the blind men, so. I'll I'll probably stop there, but obviously everything Jesus does becomes well known. Um, How people receive it varies, but um, think about this. Here's a man that lived roughly 2,000 years ago. Look at the impact he's had and still continues to have. Tell me who can even compare to that. Name one person Name one group of people. Name even a whole nation that has had the kind of impact that this one person has had, the very Son of God, who comes and, and ministers for th- basically publicly for three and a half years r- roughly um, and is still influencing lives all around the world today. Uh, there's no following like the following of Jesus Christ. Never has been, never will be. I'm looking forward to the day he comes back and we get to go be with him forever, aren't you? Amen. We'll close out there and we'll pick up later, um, you know, in verse. uh, Where are we at? Uh, uh, Verse 27. Thank you. God bless.